Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Hey, what's going on, folks? Ty from Breaker Culture, proud members of the BenchClear Media team. Please go check out benchclear.us for all things BenchClear Media. And uh, I'm sure you'll find some content there that you like that match as well with uh, the way you like to collect. Uh, we have all kinds of great, great personalities and channels on the channel. So go check it out, benchclear.us. Now, today on Breaker Culture Weekly, uh, we're continuing this trend of trying to get you different guests that help you think outside the box of the traditional hobby, right? I mean, we I think we all agree that the traditional hobby is absolutely evolving. Now, where it evolves to and who are the big players, yet to be determined. But there are some elements of this evolutionary growth stage of the hobby that um, you just, you're going to have to take some risk, right? And you're going to have to jump out there and uh, try to create something that blazes a new trail. And today's guest, Eric, uh, founder of the Loop app, L-O-U-P-E, Loop, uh, is, is really trying to do that in the, in the group break world. And if you've ever jumped into a group break, you know that in a lot of, a lot of cases, the, the experience is, is, is disconnected. It's very hard to have that complete 360 experience when you're, uh, when you're a breaking customer. It's even more difficult for the group breaker to create that that feel of a connected experience. Cause you got all these different platforms you're trying to manage. You're trying your best to make it seem like to the customer that it's kind of one seamless um, interface and one seamless transaction and experience. And it's, it's nearly impossible. The, the good group breakers in this hobby have figured out a way to do it really well. Um, but even they, I think would agree that it's, it's pretty difficult. So, Loop exists to help transform the group breaking experience and really exists to bring everything together into one spot so that you can view the experience, you can interact with the experience, you can build a community with the experience, you can purchase all in this one environment. Um, so it makes it really, really simple for the group breaker to run um, their breaks and to manage their business. And it makes it more enjoyable for clients, customers to experience the group break. And so we, uh, I sit down for an hour with Eric and we talked through his experience. He came from Microsoft, helped build the Xbox 360 Live, um, has phenomenal experience. And is looking at this from, uh, first off, the enjoyment of a hobby uh, as a collector, but also what can we fix? How can we transform this this particular piece of the hobby and make this one heck of an enjoyable spot. So I think you're going to, you're going to love the conversation. Um, you can already see some of the, the wheels turning with where this is going to go. And it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating uh, when you think about the possibilities of loop and really this whole entire segment of the hobby, how it can evolve and uh, become a much more sophisticated piece of the hobby. So anyway, enjoy the conversation with Eric uh, please leave your comments in the YouTube um, comment section below. We'd love to know your feedback. We'd love to know if you're enjoying these these different types of interviews. And uh, again, whatever you whatever you want to say to us, we we really do appreciate it. We digest it. We 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 kind of learn from it. So we appreciate it. Um, all right, have yourself an amazing week. Enjoy the conversation. 
Do you have a valuable card collection, but you put zero effort into storage? Do you keep your cards in a box like this? Or like this? Something like this? This? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> what are we doing here? You need Pastime Marketplace. Pastime Marketplace is the Mercedes-Benz of sports card storage. The cases come in a variety of sizes. They're waterproof, airtight, dustproof, and extremely durable. If you care about your collection, visit PastimeMarketplace.com and treat your cards to the storage they deserve. Don't forget to use discount code BENCHCLEAR to get 10% off your order. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Looks like you're in a nice, warm environment. I see palm trees waving in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, just outside Fort Lauderdale right now. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Well, we, we had snow last week uh, here in Kansas City, and then this week we're mid-70s all week, so I can only imagine you're a little bit better. Yeah, that's it's cold for here. Yeah. Well, dude, you just you moved across the country, right? From California to Florida, and you're processing completing that. Yeah, I'm actually in interim housing, staying with some friends right now. I uh, was living downtown LA, okay, uh, right next to Staples Center, which you know most years is awesome. Uh, but right now, there's not a lot to do downtown LA, so I thought I'd try a different, you know, change of scenery. Wow. Did you, I mean, what made you go to Fort Lauderdale? What was it there? Did you mean outside of knowing some friends? Was it just similar uh, climate? Yeah, I have some family here. Uh, some team members are here. Um, so, you know, it's close to Miami. Can't go wrong there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you still got good sports teams too. So that, that's helpful. Yeah, I saw that Dolphins game yesterday, two at a time. <laughs> No kidding. You know what's funny to me? I was telling my son this. It's like every time you see a, a, an announcer talk about Tua, they're afraid to say his last name. So like, oh, everyone always says his first name right now. It's kind of yeah. funny. Oh, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about him? Were you, I mean, he, I, impressed? Uh, I think he has a lot of potential. Okay. I think, I, I'd say he did okay to good. Show me a few more games, but yeah, I think you know year two, year, th year three, he has a really sol solid foundation. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yesterday was funny. Like all of a sudden, the defense decided to show up. Two yeah. <laughs> in the first five minutes, insane. I got a little flashback of uh, Seahawks from like a few years ago. Like just that level of like defense makes me so happy. I I would rather watch the defense overpower the offense and yep. score defensive points, you know, nine times out of 10, more than watching the offense do well. It's just so much more entertaining to me. That's interesting because that's, that's basically anti-current love, right? Everyone kind of just gravitates towards the high octane offenses. Yeah. Yeah. Like watching DK Metcalf score touchdowns on the Seahawks is great. Watching him chase down a dude after an interception, like that was my year. Like I, I sure. just watch him do that over and over. Unbelievable. Def definitely the play of the year for me too. Like I, I've rewatched that thing like a thousand times. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So you, you are a real Seahawks fan. Not only are you wearing the hat, but you got a tattoo on your arm. So you are, you are loyal as they get. Yeah. I have a Seahawks tattoo. I have an old school bills tattoo. Cause I grew up just South of Buffalo. Um, growing up in Buffalo is really tough when they lose four Super Bowls back to back. 
you so know, were little, you, uh, you were young then when it was happening. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, my dad was super into it. And I think I probably took some time off from football after that. I was like, why does anybody watch a sport? Your team just crushes your dreams over and over. No doubt. No doubt. That's crazy. So you, you grew up in Buffalo, moved to California. I'm assuming that's because you got some jobs in Silicon Valley, right? You work for Microsoft. Yeah, I went from, I went from Buffalo to Seattle. I worked at Xbox for about seven years and then I moved to LA to work at startups. Okay. Um, and then I left to do loop and I've been doing that for about six to eight months right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. We're going to get more into loop into the, how it kind of fits in the hobby and what your vision is for that. So you, you worked at Xbox. Um, maybe tell us exactly what you were doing in Xbox. I'd be really curious to know. And then what, what was the impetus behind wanting to start loop? Were you a hobbyist before? Was it somebody that told you something? Give us, give us, uh, give us the backdrop. So, um, yeah, when I went to work for Xbox, I worked on Xbox Live specifically hmm. doing, uh, working on the subscription. So how do we get okay. somebody who's bought the console and bought maybe one or two games? How do we make sure that we convert them to a paid subscriber and make sure that they understand all the benefits? And I feel like I did an awesome job there. Um, it was a lot of fun, worked with some of the best people I've ever met in my pro professional career. Yeah, And once you launch a console, so I worked on the launch of Xbox One, like what else are you gonna do? Like, <laughs> it's kind of the biggest thing you can do for a few years. Huh. And I went, this is, you know, my seventh year at Xbox. I'm gonna go try something else. Yeah. And I left to work at a startup, uh, connected to a friend to this place called Mob Crush that was working out of San Monica. And they worked on live streaming tools for game streamers. And we started on mobile, we went to desktop, and then my final time there was really working on AI tools. So how do we use an AI watcher that automatically watches your streams and creates clips based off of your kills, wow. your wins, and then it would actually do a picture-in-picture -picture replay as well as montages. So it was kind of like NFL Red Zone for video games. Huh. And um, if this shows that I work too much, uh, <laughs> I also did another job where I was GM of a game studio and we were like a multi-million dollar profitable game business that ended up getting partnered with Microsoft of all, you know, of all places I leave Microsoft and then right. work with them. And after that, I started to get back into sports cards and that's, you know, kind of the whole, the whole story of this is sports cards. Um, I was a big collector when I was a kid. Hmm. I started to get back into it recently over the last couple of years. And I just saw all the signs were there. Like this is this is the market. Um, a lot of the signs I'm seeing now, we saw in streetwear maybe five years ago. And I went, wow. I love this market. I like collecting. Why does every app and website look like it hasn't been updated since 2007? <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that's what we've been doing. We've been building this app um, that's really focused, at least at launch, focused on streaming your breaks. So if you're selling yep. a single, a pack or a box, you sell it um, through a live video. 
and you're talking to your audience and you're opening the packs live on stream for the people that bought them. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so so interesting. So so lots to unpack there. Uh, you're I didn't realize how much streaming experience you have in the background. So Xbox mm -hmm. Live to the streaming components of was it Mob Crew, whatever you call it, Mob Mob Crush Mob Crush. Yeah. Um, so translates very well into what you're doing now with loop. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. I think the, the kind of the three pillars that loop stands on that come from my background are the, the live streaming, obviously the creating value through service. So like you're okay. a collector, how do we make sure that you have the right features and that we gauge that you're having the best experience. Mm -hmm. And then the last bit is just kind of like the overall collector aspect. Like, if I'm having fun, then you're probably going to have fun. Yeah. If our if our sellers are making money and having fun building their audience, then we're successful. And I just want to make sure that we we measure and deliver against that every day. Got it. Um, something you said a few minutes ago. I want to make sure we don't we don't forget to address. You said you you see similar signs and what you saw five years ago in streetwear. Yes. What do you mean by that? What are the signs you're seeing that are compelling me to? Yeah, so the streetwear kind of went from, hey, there's like a few, I shouldn't say a few, there's a strong community that focuses on this, talking about shoes, uh -huh. uh, buying shoes, trading shoes, but it was very much like isolated to these communities. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there was this turning point where, you know, suddenly there were more longer lines outside the stores. There the sneakers app kind of came about and more people are talking about that. Yep. StockX came about. And I think before a lot of those things came on, there was e like they were blowing up on eBay. There was Craigslist, there was trade shows. And, and then you just started to see these like incremental steps. Right. And then overnight, suddenly there's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. <clears throat> so, Interesting. So, okay. So you, you're, you saw those things five years ago mm -hmm. and um, wh where would you kind of put the sports card industry in that spectrum um, kind of at the beginning of that five-year cycle? Do you feel like you're jumping in where there's enough interest for you to really hit the ground running? Or do you feel like you're going to have to drum up a lot of this interest similar to the way you probably had to do five, 10 years ago? Yeah, I think we're probably still in year one of that cycle, maybe pushing year two. Wow. Um, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a lot of websites and accounts pop up, you know, Instagram accounts, you know, the investors, um, <laughs> you know, quotation marks, investors, um, yeah. a lot of, lot of tools and just websites coming up for trading, selling, competing against eBay, research, you know, every aspect across the board, yep. someone's trying to nail like a pillar of that. And so I would say we're probably in year one, the year two, I can, I'm happy to say there's no company that I know of that's competing in the space that we want to do. And, and that's what you see today with the live streaming aspect and the selling, because we've already seen the live streaming behaviors on YouTube and Instagram and people are selling through their channels. Yeah but it's very hacked together. You have to go out to like PayPal and pay them and come back and let them know what you bought and make sure they get all your shipping info. 
And so we're, we've taken that experience and lumped that into our launch product. But all of the other features we have, um, you know, we're looking at how do we educate people on, you know, the stock market graphs? How do we help people um, sell their cards in a safe way that protects both the buyer and the seller in a way that eBay doesn't? And hopefully at cheaper fees than, than you see on something like StockX. So I think you're going to see a big acceleration over the next maybe 12 months. Every investor I've talked to is looking at the card space, um, whether they've invested in a company already or they haven't, or they're just looking to. Uh, there's obviously a lot of companies in the background that are gearing up over the next year, um, whether that's uh, grading tools or those like stock market graphs or eBay competitors, like I've said, um, I, you're going to see a ton pop up. And then much like streetwear, I think you're going to see an expansion where everybody tries mm -hmm. to nail a different part of the market. And then either through merging acquisition or just building out their own companies, you're going to see them start to kind of merge back. And there's just going to be like a few key players in maybe three, three to four years. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think thinking through conversations that I've had uh, from people that are obviously putting a lot of money into it, that's, that's the common theme where it's like we're in this high growth phase in the hobby. We realize the interest is there. Um, the, the foundation's been laid. And like mm -hmm. you said, a lot of money put into technologies and platforms and then there's going to be some consolidation. Um, yeah. What do you think well, the role going to be in that world? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the the last bit I think is going to be really, really key. And what, what I hope Loop can help do is just the education aspect. Like I'm, I've seen people that go out and they just they clear out Walmart or they buy like, oh, a local yeah. shop had, you know, two hundred dollars worth of Allen and Ginter boxes. And I bought those and really educating people on which products are have the most long-term potential value will be really important. Um, you know, the, the value of, you know, a box might, you know, 99 out of hundred cards are worthless or worth a few cents or a dollar, but you need to be aware of the potential of those graded and the autographed cards that are really worth pursuing and making sure you educate yourself on the actual checklist provided by the, provided by the card producer. Because there's, I mean, there's some boxes that really have no huge drops or, you know, yeah. cards that you can pull. And others have like multiples of like high profile athletes, autos. So you just need to be be really well yeah. educated on what the potential is. It's, it's, it's not a slot machine. It's not poker where like <laughs> there's a certain set of odds and it's always stacked against you. I think yeah. you can you can influence your potential of winning if you really educate yourself on what the product is. Absolutely. So what, what do you think Loop's role is in that, in that piece of the story? When I hear education, I think, okay, that's content, lots of content, mm -hmm. um, organized well. Are, are, are you, do you see Loop as a way of facilitating that or is your group, is your team putting out that type of content? Yeah, we already have a little bit of content. Um, we do mm -hmm. a once a week blog. It's very minimal um, because yep. our focus has been on the product. But between the, the blog, as well as we have specific content coming later, because again, we're live, 
of yep. doing these kind of like shows, like let's talk through what cards, you know, our sellers are selling product X, Y, and Z this week. And we're going to walk you through what's exciting about that product before you even mm -hmm. get to, before you even get to the purchase experience. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So in other words, you get, you're you going to have the ability to kind of come around what other people are doing and support it with supplementary, you know, content, yeah. which, which is. Yeah. And we have, you know, we have access to all our own content so we can even do yeah. follow-ups of, you know, so-and-so user bought this product for $600 and these were the top five cards of the box, which are worth this amount now. And, yeah. you know, prospects are saying that, you know, these cards, this may be the Joe Burrow auto card has the highest potential of these five to be worth something down the line. We highly suggest you get it graded, you know, just kind of create that back and forth of setting up, setting up what the, the product is what was pulled out of it. And then, you know, maybe they want to sell those cards soon. Maybe they want to yeah. do a long-term hold. Got it. So, so help, help frame up kind of what, what, what can a user expect right now? It's on you. I think you're available only in iOS right now. So if you can go download the loop app, I have it on my phone. What, what are the expectations now? And then where do you expect it to be three, six, 12 months from now with the app? Yeah. Three, six, 12 months is awesome. Um, <laughs> so we've only been out for a week. Um, yep. I say awesome because we have a lot of different people from different backgrounds on our team that will. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. So right now yeah. at launch, uh, we are really just a live streaming platform. So we have breakers that yep. we work with directly. They stream when they want, um, preferably more the better. So they, they stream and they sell product. And when you're watching or, you know, when they go live, you get a push notification. When you're watching, okay. you can buy directly in the stream. Like you don't have to leave the experience. And there's just a menu that has everything they've listed and you hit one button. It takes about three to four seconds to process and you're good to go. They get alerted. Everyone in the stream gets alerted that you bought that item. It says your name and what product. And then the breaker opens it on stream and talks to you and everybody else that's watching. And at the end of it, they ship it to you and they, they get an email with all your shipping info. Uh, it is by far the easiest purchase solution I've ever seen, even in my own, you know, own time as a collector and buyer. Um, the, uh, the interesting thing I really want to test with somebody is you can go live list an item and complete a purchase in under 15 seconds. It's that fast. Uh, so it's really a matter of somebody getting the push notification and jumping in and hitting that buy button. But it's, I think we could even get it down to 10 if somebody was like ready for the stream to go live. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we launch. It's wow. iOS only. We're adding more features. We're adding in the ability to, you know, auto list all the teams for a break. Like if you're doing NFL, it just auto list all teams. Uh, doing all the randomization in the app so you don't have to like go out and use random.org. Uh, as well as how much of the secret do I want to give away? Um, long term, I guess I'll say that long term, we want to be on the phone of every collector. And even if you're not buying, 
we're going to have tools for you that help you organize your collection, understand what your collection is, as well as, you know, if you want to sell cards, um, you could do that. From the from the seller's now I'm just kind of giving you the the whole pitch. <laughs> from the seller's point of view, <laughs> I think what we what we bring a lot of value in, and this is this is me looking at the camera and saying, if you sell or break cards, come talk to me. Um, the big one is really just the ease of use. Like we just make everything so easy for you, um, as well as the fact that when you go live. And it's we're gonna get to this point. Let's say you're selling a Russell Wilson autograph card, a rookie autograph rookie card. Um, we could actually have the feature where everybody has a profile and loop and has a wish list. And you know, mm -hmm. some users have Seahawks and Russell Wilson on their wish list. And when you list that item, they get a notification. And now you have all these people who may have never bought from you before coming into your stream or your your live store and going, hey, I heard you were selling a Russell Wilson card. I want first dibs on it or yeah. let me let me bid on it. And that's that's something that no one else is doing outside of I mean, I guess eBay is probably the closest thing. Um, but even then, like everyone knows the pros and cons of eBay. And I think we fix um, we fix a lot of those. Interesting. OK, I got a thousand questions to ask you, but the first one that comes to mind, yeah, this is great because this is great because I, th I think you are truly solving a problem that I don't think a lot of people thought could be solved, right? Because you saw the evolution of Breakers TV at the very beginning to mm -hmm. eventually YouTube, uh, where a lot of just about every breakers on YouTube now, but even then, there's like there's a lot left to be desired. And for the breaker, like you said, they have to go do five different things to make the break work. and viewers and customers don't realize how hard it is for them. Um, the good breakers make it seem like it's a seamless experience, but like, in, you know, it's not, it's not a seamless experience. Yeah. It's um, a lot of work. For them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and the easier you make it for the breaker, right? The more they can focus on making that experience that much better for, for the customer. But um, where, where do you draw the line then? Because I'm sure for you, it's tough to say, okay, we want to focus on the live stream aspect and build that that whole piece of the puzzle. But we also have this over here where we can create a marketplace. We can create a community with interacting with player or you know users and their want list and all that stuff. Where do you kind of draw the line and like say we're gonna focus on this and then over time add these on with your experience at Xbox and everything else, you probably kind of have a, a pretty good sense of what you should be focusing on. I'm curious to know because there's a lot you could solve for. Yeah, I think step one, you know, the near term is how do we just make sure that we have the best live breaking experience? Like that's right. We know there's a whole part of the market that just focuses on that. Okay, let's do that the best. Every tool that you currently use that you've hacked together. And like you said, they make it look so seamless, but behind the scenes, we know that it's a lot of work. Um, right. How do we make that easier for them so that they spend less time setting up and trying to sell as well as just bringing more audience to them so they can like, I want every seller, every breaker to sell out every stream. Like if, if you're not selling out a product in one or two streams and having to restock, then I'm not doing a good job for you. Uh, beyond hmm. that, then we look into how do we how do we turn that into a premium experience and how do we layer in those tools so okay you got a card 
you don't want, how do you sell that card? Or you got that card, you want to know how much it's worth, we take care of that. Or we can assist you in getting it graded. You know, there's there's all, there, like, from researching to buy a card <laughs> to buying it to it being in someone's collection long-term or, you know, right. perpetually, you know, some cards are just perpetually flipped. Like there's that whole, that whole in-between space that I think we can just incrementally add value until we get to the end. Got it. Where, where do you balance it? Maybe forming partnerships with current marketplaces out there like an eBay or uh, a star stock or stock X versus building your own marketplace. What's kind of your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, for the live stuff, I think it's just us. Um, we are, yep. you know, we're always looking at what the best opportunity is for us. Uh, you know, I, I don't think, I I guess I should just be very careful how I word this. I think me personally, I have a lot of issues with eBay. Um, I've sold on eBay. I've been definitely ripped off by buyers. <laughs> Um, yeah. it's, it's tough and I don't think there's enough accountability there. And I think that's yeah. if, when we start stepping into that peer to peer purchasing experience, that's, that's the most important thing. So whether we buy, um, sorry, buy, whether we build ourselves or if we end up partnering with someone that accountability has to be the number one thing that they solve for. Got it. No, that makes sense. Uh, and look, we're all in the same boat there. I think if, if eBay would have hit this out of the park, then there wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be talking about other platforms right now in terms yeah. of the market. They haven't exactly done themselves any favors. Um, so I know you have some breakers already using Loop. Mm -hmm. uh, Midwest is on there. Um, what's What other breakers are on there, I guess, kind of phase one? And then what's kind of been the feedback so far? At, at, I guess mm -hmm. as transparent as you can be, I'd love to know what they're thinking. Yeah, so just for... So everyone knows <laughs> this is this is the 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 life of a CEO and founder of a startup is I basically wake up at 7 a.m. I see what streams happened the night before. I pay people. I catch up on email. I work. I schedule streams with our breakers for the night. Make sure there isn't any overlap yet because you know we're early. There shouldn't we shouldn't force people to to compete against each other. And then at night. I watch, sometimes I buy and support them. And then I go to bed at like midnight. So I'm not sleeping a lot, if that isn't obvious. And uh, luckily I, I say all that because these these breakers have been like incredibly patient and great to work with. Um, Midwest yeah. is probably our biggest right now, Mid Midwest box break. Um, yeah. We have a, a guy named Epic. I don't remember their full names from Instagram, but it's epic. Uh, we have Epto Selecto. Um, we're currently working through with Fresh Pulls. And there's a couple others I'm forgetting. Um, but we're yeah. also, I mean, I don't wanna put their names out there because we're just now starting to like, sure. really talk, talk through it, but there are a couple like big ones. Like most people that buy in the breaks have probably heard of these ones. And you know, we wanna get everyone on the platform. And this isn't even necessarily for exclusivity like maybe you just do like a you do a special saturday break on loop only you know th those are the type of things we're talking through and for loop it's really if i do my job and build the right tools and bring you more potential to make basically if i can make you more money yeah. as a breaker and seller 
then I earn the right for more of your business. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be out here begging you to be like, oh, please stream on us seven days a week. Like, no, I want to, yep. you tell me the features you want and I'll build them for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine the pitch to the breakers is, is a combination of, hey, I'm going to be working my tail off for you. But also, I mean, when you start looking at the return on your investment and the time efficiency that we're going to save you, like you're going to get a hard, you're going to get a, a bottom line is going to be affected, right? And yeah. So especially Midwest, for newer breakers, it's fine-tuned. Yeah, so Midwest, I think, is, you know, we've only been alive for like eight days. Uh, Midwest came on. Uh, ben, his name is Ben. I'll just call him Ben from now on. Um, he uh, he came on and did a stream, and it did pretty well. Um, he brought some of his community, and then we brought some new customers to him. And he was like, "This is great! Like, there's zero, there's almost zero latency between him saying something. So if you like, hey buyer, choose box one, two, or three. That one, two, yeah. or three comes through." within two seconds. Um, it's a, I think we're like a 20th of a second latency. It's super, super quick um, between the the breaker and the buyer. So anyway, he, he did his first stream. It went great. Um, and then he did his second stream and he streamed for 75 minutes and he did uh, almost $1,800 in personal breaks, which is practically unheard of. He had 43 people just watching, buying a ton. Um, yeah, he was he was very, very happy about that. I was happy for him. Um, so we're our plans really are kind of to build off that success. Like we want to keep building up the breakers that have joined and you know, build tools for them. We're gonna do user acquisition so they have bigger audiences over time. And then while we do that, we're also gonna be bringing on more breakers because what I guess I underestimated was the demand of people that download an app like this. Basically from like 6 p.m. Eastern till after midnight, yeah. people are opening the app every one to five minutes. If there's no stream, wow. like they're just opening the app and looking and trying to see if there's a stream live. And my reaction was, oh my God, I need more breakers as fast as possible. <laughs> so hopefully, <laughs> Uh, my goal, my my goal for the company, on top of like all the basic stuff you would expect, is in November I want to sign enough breakers that we can basically fill 6 p.m. to midnight every day. Like that's that's my goal. I need to basically fill that prime time slot so um, basically buyers can come in, collectors can come in, and basically know that they're going to have entertainment. They're going to have a place to talk about cards and if they want to buy cards they can yep. do so love it no that's, that's crazy i bet the metrics you're able to to break down are just fascinating especially when you look at it from your past experience to what you're seeing in cards it's got to be just cr crazy to to run the analytics between the two yeah we just sent uh, out our first investor update and even uh, some of the some of the data i had was surprising like the you know we had like 90 percent of registered users have watched at least one stream like they're not like they're not getting it and churning they're just like okay i am ready to watch a video the moment one is live so that that was the biggest sign to me that we're on to something absolutely so from, from a breaker's perspective um obviously one of the great things about running your own 
break on YouTube and having your own subs and doing it through your own domain is that you get to own your audience a little bit more. You have the flexibility of owning it. What, what has been your approach with giving Midwest the ability to, to own their audience through Loop? Mm -hmm. and, I mean, can, can they communicate with them individually? What's, what's kind of the process there? I'm really curious. Yeah, so I mean, right now we're very early. Um, yeah. There are, there's gonna be a profile, there's gonna be a seller profile, there's gonna be the ability to follow the breakers that you like and get you know, specific notifications based on if you like, maybe you're just like, I don't care about anybody else. I just want to buy from Ben. And okay, you can do that. Um, that doesn't mean we might not suggest some other breakers to you, but um, and then there will be a communication platform as well when you're not live. Okay. So like if you if you found a breaker through loop, you shouldn't then have to like go find them on Instagram and communicate there. Um, Got it. Especially when we're dealing with transactions, I feel like we should keep yeah. that all in one place. So yeah, we're taking feedback. We've got a three or four features on the way that they've specifically asked for. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's difficult because we have to, and this is a challenge for every new startup when you're stepping into like an existing market is there's gonna be people like Ben where you have an audience and I'm not gonna wanna yeah. overstep because you're still gonna communicate with them there. They It's like a family there. Um, yeah. Think of this like a tool that helps you make your job easier and, and sell more. But the other angle that we can't forget about, and you know, I'm just going into like my product mindset is you're going to have a lot of people on both the buyer and seller side who may have never done this before. You might have a local card shop who's never really done maybe eBay, but they've never done a live break or they yeah. don't really have a community outside of maybe like just their local Facebook people on Facebook. Right. Um, so now instead of somebody going out and building a community on discord or Facebook or YouTube, now we're, now we're that new channel and they, they start selling with us and we're the place where they build their first big community. And of course we're going to have all those tools in place to make sure that they can just, yeah at the end of the day, make people happy. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Cause I, I think in many ways, if, if, if this, if you would have been rolling this out two years ago, it would have probably been more difficult from my perspective doing it right now when you have this influx of new blood coming into the hobby where you can kind of educate them from the ground up versus you didn't have a lot of that influx two years ago. It was just the, the hobby kind of adopting. I think two years ago, I probably would have run out of investor money and then <laughs> <laughs> close, close shop or, you know, get acquired for pennies. Um, I think right now, I think right now we're actually still a little early, but we're not too early. So, you know, no one else is doing this yet. Um, you know, everyone's doing it on like channels, but it's really hacked yeah. together. I, you know, as with any industry, I would not be shocked if I have a competitor in a few months or years, you know, sure. it happens. I think yeah. what our advantage is we're coming in early and we have a very specific set of backgrounds of video games, um, building, you know, tools for selling product. We have experience in AI, uh, the live streaming aspect, if I didn't already mention that, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, yep. uh, fi financial tech. So we're taking all of that, especially with like the gamification that comes with a background in video games and going, we're going to make something that just you know, you, you tend to look a lot of flat images and flat experiences or going to, to shops and seeing a couple people. 
and we want to we want to turn this into like an event. We want to, mm. you know, every every Friday night that you buy cards. I mean, I buy cards a lot more than Friday night. But for this example, <laughs> let's say you buy cards every Friday night. Like it should yeah. be an experience. It should be just as big to you as like watching your favorite football team play on Sunday. Like it's that type of like you jump in, you're interacting with your friends, you're buying cards, and you're just having like a really good time. And that's mm-hmm. and you know, I think the the tools we're building really emphasize that. Incredible. Um, you keep mentioning your team. How big is your team? I want to make sure you give credit to that crew. Yeah, so we have a. We're really small. I think we're like, with myself, we're five right now. Cool. Five. Yeah, and then uh, we're actually hiring an IRS iOS dev this month because we have some really big, lofty goals that we need to hit, and we just yep. we just need more development power. Wow. Do you outsource that or do you get you guys all here in the States working together? Yeah. Yeah. We're all in the States. Um, I, I hire them directly or through contract. We don't do any outsourcing mostly because I do expect this company to really, you know, get a lot bigger and I want to make sure that people that, um, you know, put their faith in working with this company early on get rewarded. And also if they're on contract, like obviously want to hire them on full time. And that's not, that's not something you get when you do like an outsource team. Got it. That makes sense. So one thing I'm, I'm really curious about just come my background in, in this space is what, what have you, what have you learned from growing platforms? Obviously Xbox is, is one of a kind, um, mm-hmm. but that your experience after Microsoft all the way to now, what, what do you see as kind of, what is the, the approach now to growing a platform, right? It's, do you go out and pay for a bunch of advertising? Is word of mouth going to drive this? Uh, do you need do you need influencers driving this? How do you see kind of this playing out over the next six months and growing the platform loop? Yeah, it's it's a blend. I mean, I'd say every success, like the biggest successful companies, yeah. are the the word of mouth. Like whether even if it's not a hundred percent, which I would never expect it to be a hundred percent. Um, like that's vital. Like you want people having so much fun and enjoying it that they want to bring their friends in or, you know, like the, the success of the platform depends on a lot of people being on it. And I think people understand that. Like you look at something, like you said, Xbox live, where, you know, you pay for a multiplayer experience, but it's not great if no one else is playing that multiplayer experience. Like you can't play by yourself. Um, So, yeah, you need, you know, when you look at things like team breaks and group breaks, you can't do a group break if you're the only one buying a team. You need other people buying it. So I think there's a there's an aspect of word of mouth because you're having fun and you want your friends to have fun with you. And then the other aspect, like you said, is like there will be, you know, the basic user acquisition going out and looking at very specific funnels of where are where are the collectors today who may have never done a box break before or bought through a live video? Mm. How do we how do we target them in a way that's like cool? We know that you're a big collector and you're passionate about this. Have you, or even if you haven't thought about this, look at how much fun all these other people are having, mm. and you could be like them. And it sounds really dumb when I say it like that, but that is like ninety nine percent of all marketing is 
look at how much fun these people are having. <laughs> if you if you do oh, no. X, Y, or Z, you could also be having that much fun. If you struck a chord with basically every reason people are buying cards, not every reason, but a lot of reasons people are buying cards. Oh my gosh, look at what you could be hitting if you open this pack of cards. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So you've been live for a week. Um, so you, you've been, or two weeks-ish. What, what can folks expect specifically kind of throughout the rest of the year, from November, December, when people download the app? Because there's going to be millions of people downloading the app, Eric, after they listen to this episode, let's face it. <laughs> that's, that's what I hope. Um, so, so our first week, we just really focused on some small seller tools, making their lives easier, fixing some bugs. Yep. November is going to be focused on really nailing the group break aspect. Um, like I talked about, I want to make sure that it's easy to list group breaks, that we handle yeah. all the randomization in the app. And our the really big thing for November from a promotional standpoint is we're going to be doing, I don't know if it's going to be the officially the biggest NFL mixer, but we're going to be doing a big one. We're going to have multiple boxes for multiple products from multiple years, most of it high-end. And we really want to show off the value of this feature by letting people buy into like this massive break. And we're going to give away a couple of the spots as well. And it's going to be like one or two hours of entertainment where whether you're bought in or not, you're going to be watching, you know, these hits from like all these like multiple hundred dollar boxes. Hmm. And we, we want to use that as kind of the capstone in November to say like, this is the potential we promised for breaks and we've yeah. delivered it. And by then we're, we should have enough breakers to fill most spots all night. When we look at December, um, we're gonna be looking at some of our, probably our subscription model. So the app itself is free to use. You can yep. come in and buy whatever you want. The subscription model will be bringing in some really cool collector features that will continue to evolve through probably April of next year. Okay. Um, whether that's like, exclusive buys, one-on-one um, -on -one support. Um, if you just want to like talk to somebody and help like assess your cards as well as like some, you know, again, I've talked about AI. I don't want to get too much into it, um, but we do have some like high tech features coming in Q1 of next year that I think is just going to like completely blow some people's minds of what we can do. Um, and yeah, that's going to be, I think if you, if you join in with the expectation of like, you're going to have some fun buying breaks and stick with us for the next like three to six months, you're going to, you're going to see an app that brings you things to the hobby that you've never even thought about before. Wow. Bold. I like it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when, when I hear AI in, in the context of the hobby, I think of something as simple as predicting a price on a card or in this particular case, maybe, Hey, you just bought, series one tops, you know, baseball, maybe you'd be interested in this guy's break over here of 2020 update baseball, things like that. What, mm -hmm. what else? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want you have to have to spill the beans too much, but what else <laughs> is really cool that we can be excited about in the context of AI? Um, you, you got pretty close to it. I want to say you nailed it, but you got pretty close. Um, I think the, the thing will be just how do you interact with your cards in your collection in an interesting way that brings value to you in a way that you've never thought about before? Um, and which also includes, you know, we have 
we have some AR experiences we're toying with. We have a prototype that looks awesome. Yeah. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think, and it's not just necessarily about your collection. It's how do you interact with somebody else's collection? For sure. And that's, and that's something that I don't think anybody has really gotten right. Um, because the only way you really interact with other people's collections right now is what they're selling on eBay. So how do we, how do we bring that down to a way that's, you know, similar to a card show, like you go to somebody's table yeah. and you'll find a lot of people will have like, I, not everyone does this. I've, I've seen it though, where like they have kind of like their collection, like, Hey, look at my, my PSA 10 Michael Jordans. These aren't for sale. I'm just showing them off to taunt you. And then yeah. also here's all the cards I have for sale. And I think there's a really cool way that we can do that in a digital space that not only replicates that, but brings like additional ways to interact with those cards in a safe way. No, for sure. That, that to me is probably the more exciting thing about what you've talked about the future of loot. Cause I think of like, for instance, I, I, I collect a PC, certain guys like, you know, PC Michael Porter Jr. And people don't know that unless I mention it on a podcast or I'm in a forum and I, and I talk about it, but, how cool would it be if I'm in loop and it says, Hey, you should get to know these three collectors because they have similar collections as you, or, you know, they, you might want to trade with these guys because they're holding five Michael Porter juniors, that type of stuff is crazy. And then I think of a breaker who can market niche breaks and, mm -hmm. and advertise to a certain set of people who collect certain things. I mean, the opportunities are endless for that data. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, to go back on one of the features I mentioned earlier, where you you have like this wish list, and if, yeah. if the listing is specific enough, you can get notified. So yeah, I think basketball, baseball, football are pretty easy to find. Yeah. But what if you collect wrestling cards? Yeah. We have we have one breaker who probably does wrestling cards. <laughs> you you one hundred percent want to know when that breaker is going live, or when somebody is somebody <laughs> new might be selling you know a Hulk Hogan rookie card, like yeah. like to somebody that collects something that isn't in the big three. I think those features are like a hundred times more valuable because they're like just like you know wandering the earth trying to find you know wrestling cards hockey cards, you know, still aren't as big as the other three sports. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we're seeing things like soccer, women's soccer, uh, tops just did a softball pack. Um, I think, and, and again, talking about where we saw streetwear five years ago and how that has evolved to cards today. I think as the card market grows, you're going to see a larger variety of cards be created for different things. I'm not necessarily sure you're going to see like a, a chess master cards, <laughs> but you know, like, I mean, Topps even did a, a cornhole set because it was big on ESPN when all the other sports were shut down for like four weeks. So I think you're going to see it continue to expand. I think the features we're building work for the diehard collectors today. I think it's even more valuable for the, the newcomers who are like, just testing the water and figuring out what they like. Amazing. Um, last question on the platform. It, it, obviously we're talking about this in the context of an app. Um, mm -hmm. Is there plans for having this available on the desktop and, and being able to use it kind of through a typical web browser? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, step one would be just Android. We're getting hammered. Right. Me personally, every day. When's Android oh, coming? Right. Uh, yes, we know. Um, some of the things we have built into the iOS version doesn't work like 
Apple ID, login, and Apple Play. Yeah. So we have to actually support other purchase platforms, uh, purchase ways to purchase before we expand to Android, which is easy to do. Sure. Um, so beyond Android, we are looking at desktop, maybe not necessarily from a viewing and purchasing point of view. That yeah. I mean, that's not off the table. I think where desktop is really important is from the creation standpoint. So we have, if we want to do like a really high production show with multiple cameras yeah. and, you know, something of that nature, which I actually did at Xbox. I helped a team that created uh, five shows a week. That was, again, talking about education. It was really teaching people like how to play games, which games were coming up. So again, I think we're going to be looking at that for sports cards. So when you're looking at that, you're going to need some sort of like desktop experience to funnel in your your high high production value content into the app in some way. That was a super long-winded answer. I'm sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, and just so you know, I, I was an Android guy for two years, and then last week we got the iPhone 12, mainly because I, I wanted to have access to Loop. So you should. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's like, wait, what? What's Loop? Don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah, about yeah. It. You, you'll you'll be using it. I promise. Um, all right, this is this has been incredibly educational. I think folks are going to be uh, pretty stoked when they download Loop and then see everything that you're rolling out. So thanks for being transparent. So I like to I like to wrap things up with uh, a little bit of rapid fire, um, mm -hmm. some just random questions. You answer off the top of your head. You cool with that? Oh boy, yeah. Go ahead. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, who who do you think is the most influential voice in tech? What comes to mind? In tech. In tech. Wow. If you if you had said startups or sports cards. I probably could have an answer. Tech. Um, this answer is going to get some flack, and I think I could probably have a better answer long term if I really thought about it. But I, as an extension of tech, I would actually say Gary V. Um, only because I find it very, very interesting how he talks about social media, and he's obviously like whether you love him or hate him, like he's always on the forefront of understanding how people connect through social media. Mm -hmm. And obviously building a platform like ours, I have to pay attention to Gary Vee. So I'd, I'd say him for that answer. Okay. Um, what is your favorite all time Xbox game? Halo 3, probably. Halo 3. Halo wow. 3 multiplayer. Nice, okay. Uh, how many Halos are there now? <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you count the mobile games and the strategy games, I, I want to say they're up to 11. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. I actually have a Halo tattoo. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, that's, that's, that's the icon you get when you punch somebody in the face and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, what app, if you go back in time, mm -hmm. what app would you, do you wish you would have created? I think Vine, because then I wouldn't have sold it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, RIP Vine. I miss it so much. It's TikTok's the closest thing, but Vine yeah, is special. True. Okay. I like it. Yeah, that was a 
That was one interesting story, no doubt, around Vine. Um, all right, two more. If you could pick one personality, band, sports athlete, to be a core spokesman, spokeswoman for Loop. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's fun as hell. He doesn't care what most people think. He's pretty honest. Yeah, I mean, those I those are all core values that I would like associated with Loop. I think he'd be great. Okay. Cool. Uh, last question. What's the most radical thing you've ever done uh, in terms of like sports, skydiving, <laughs> eating? Crowd surfed at a concert. Um, I used to play soccer. I, I scored from half field one time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's radical, a, dude. That's a that's a interesting question. Yeah, I'd probably say those. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, that, that question came up when I was talking to my kids this past week. So that was a good one. He had to, he had to answer that for a biography he was doing. And I'm like, gosh, what is the most radical thing I've done? Ooh, <laughs> uh, amazing. Good stuff. Okay. So where can folks find you again? They type in loop L O U P E in the app store. App yeah. Store. Uh, so if they loop, uh, if they loop, if they search loop sports cards will be the top result or loop sports. Um, there's loop the app.com which also has our download link. Um, and yeah, loop the app on pretty much every social platform, Instagram, Twitter. Yep. Perfect. I'll put all those links in the show notes. And that, that does make a good point there. Then are we going to start saying, Hey, are you looping your cards? Did you loop I, it? I have a, there's an internal debate that uh, sellers on loop are going to be called loopers. And all I can think about is that time travel movie. Oh yeah. Uh, also, I have a really bad habit from, just working in tech of saying, oh, I'm going to loop back with you. And I, it feels like the cheesiest thing every time I say it now. I'm like, I can't. I need to find a new phrase. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Looper the movie was a great movie, though. So it's, it's oh, not yeah. necessarily a bad movie to be uh, associated with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, good stuff. Eric, thank you so much for giving us time today. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing everything happen with the loop. Uh, we'll be big advocates for what you're doing. So Awesome. Thank you so much. Cool, man. Have a good week. All right. You too. Bye.